UFC 159. Chael Sonnen struggles to breathe underneath the crushing weight of John Jones, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. I am Kevin Phillips. With me, the wonderfully Twitter-talented Rafa Sparza. Rafa, how are you doing tonight? Thank you, first of all. And second of all, I'm doing great. Can you hear me even better tonight? Is my voice even more distinguished this evening for some reason? It does feel like you're talking into an advanced frequency device. It's just, it's crisper. It's cleaner. It's a little bit more live, which I think we're all in favor of. Yeah. No, that's good. I feel more present in the conversation. You sound more present, and that presence is going to, I think, maybe finally help your analysis appeal to an audience, because you've been struggling so far. Friends tell friends the truth, Raph, and you know you haven't been carrying your weight in the fight world's analysis section. I mean, you stood up for Benson Henderson, but I'm going to give you a chance to reprieve. Tell me what you thought about the fights this last Saturday. Let me see if I got that straight. Because my mic doesn't work good, so my so, analysis yeah. has been bad. I'm not just, saying it's the microphone. I'm saying you were just bad. You just happened to be using it. It's, they're inconsequential. I'm saying maybe okay. now that you so have then a nicer if mic. My so mic facto. is good. My analysis gets better. Isn't that how it works? You're a fucking moron. On to the fights. <laughs> UFC 159. What fight do you want to start with? It was a boring card. Am I? I you could tell on Twitter because there wasn't like a single moment where everyone exploded, and obviously Twitter is not how you gauge fights. But it was not. It was not an exciting night of fights. It was an odd night of fights. Uh, Joe called it. Uh, Joe Rogan called it cursed at one point in the evening. Uh, it was. I mean, I blamed it on Jersey. Because I feel that most things Jersey tend to go that way. Yeah, people are probably blaming Jersey unanimously. Even people from Jersey are like, yeah, it's probably our fault. (laughs) What was the most shocking part of the evening? Was it seeing John Bones Jones toe, I think, which is not a great sign? You mean seeing John Bones' bone? There's our. I wish I had a pun noise. Yeah. What do you have the story on that? I was obviously drinking, and as the fight went, I know he broke his toe, but I didn't see like where it happened, and I haven't seen it yet on any of the highlights. Do you know? Please don't. If if you can do anything to avoid looking at it, I think it's it's better because they kept showing it, and I kept cringing more and more times. Uh, as they replayed it, the basic thing is, you know, John basically pressed up Chael against the cage, and at one point was, I think, just shooting in on him, uh, just kind of, you know, using uh, the tips of his toes to kind of give him some momentum, and one just broke the toe. Yeah, that was, that was kind of. <laughs> it broke and then turned sideways and whipped, and he didn't even seem to notice. I thought I thought well, from yeah. John Jones, by the way, and I, I think I said it on the last show that I thought he was going to knock him out in the first round. 
Man. Yeah, but he but, looked good. And you told me second round. So Oh, did I text second fun. round? Oh, did. I feel I, I was trying to t- I wanted it. I wanted it so badly. I wanted and it to make it to the second round. If you had gotten it, what would have happened? If he would have gotten second round, what would have happened? I would have just really had a respect for Chael no, to be wouldn't. impressed you by him to get through one round. Chael as the new champion because <laughs> John Jones wouldn't have been allowed to fight. Oh, you, you, so you're saying if uh, that toe would have kept him from fighting, he would have gotten medically disqualified? Yes, that, that was actually what was discussed. If, if Chael had lasted 30 more seconds, and the reason I bring this up, not because I'm a crazy conspiracy. No, that's fascinating. That's good. Yeah, we should be talking the reason about this. why is when all of this like weird Jersey nonsense was happening, we at Verbal Tap on the Twitter, it is recorded, have evidence to show that we then predicted what if a freak accident caused a title change. <laughs> so my analysis, Mike or no Mike, is strong. Is strong. Yeah, you did. That one, we, oh, God, I'm almost glad it didn't happen just because you would have never let me hear the end of that. No. We were like, you remember the time said, I predicted? Chael said what? Uh, Chael said uh, that he wouldn't have accepted the belt. Well, well, yeah, no that? shit. That's would you have? Right? Yeah, I guess I would have. But still, that would have been the most asterisk championship ever. That that would have gone down in history as like a greater upset than even Matt Sarah's, which is what everyone obviously talks about. And that's the whole thing is people were saying um, the Vegas odds for any of the things that happened yesterday happening were within the 10,000s. Thousands to ten thousands. That's crazy. Yep. Oh, so man. it was a weird night. It was a very weird night. And the Bisping fight. I tweeted this out beforehand and I stand by it. When was the last time Bisping had like a cool win? Or a something even remotely impressive? Like he's one of those fighters that just people must love, so he gets to stick around, but what a shitty fight between him and Belcher. I am never as impressed with a Michael Bisping fight as he is. After every fight, he goes and cuts a promo that's always like, yeah, well, I was basically winning that fight. Yeah, if uh, he, he was backing up and I was pushing up against Cash, you know, that was all that was happening. It's like always the, like, I've been winning this fight game for 20 billion years. And yesterday, it was the first time because of the DQ. The one thing that DQ did give us was he had to admit it was like, it was kind of a freak accident, but I was still pushing him against Cage, yeah. Win the fight. You do, you're Michael Bisping's getting hauntingly good. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's always been good. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just been one hot. Michael Bisping is one of those people that sounds drunk every single time we hear him speak. I just think he's a missing character from the movie Snatch that I never knew existed in real life. <laughs> he should be. He would have been great casting for that. I'm surprised we haven't seen him pop up in a movie. He's one of those people that looks... Uh, maybe he'll be on an episode of Ryan Lochte's show if we're both lucky. Him. Oh, please. Right? Some people might not have heard this. I'm going to change topics if that's okay because yeah, I'm kind of done with... Fine. 
Yeah, UFC 159 had a lot of hype, but we all knew it was a shitty matchup. And John Jones, looking forward to his next fight. Yep. I uh, hope his toe's okay. <laughs> so, good luck. Well, I hope he can go to Jamaica. That was the saddest part, is him going, like, he first, he didn't know he broke his toe in the post-interview with Joe. No, Joe no, no, somebody, Joe pointed it out. That was one yeah. of the best moments of Joe's journalistic career. <laughs> Yep. He's... And then asking for the stool so that it looked like he was going acoustic. And then <laughs> on top of all of this, this is the best part to me, is John Jones trying to Will Smith his way out of the pain. Just every question he's getting asked is, ha ha, woo! Ha ha, <laughs> woo, yes! I was beside myself. I thought that was so funny. It was, uh... Uh, yeah, it was a pretty funny. I was laughing. I, I laughed my ass off when he was sitting on the little bench, just <laughs> living it up, just doing the mucking it up. It was good stuff. Mm-hmm. There was a song released for GSP this past week that you laughed oh like God. a schoolgirl at and sent me it's to watch. So good. It's so good. <laughs> Where did you find that? Uh, I just the internet. Sometimes the internet just, just the brings. internet. You know what it is? The internet's like a cat. Sometimes it just puts a present on your doorstep, and most of the times it's a dead rat, and sometimes it's money, and this was money. All right. We've, uh, we're going to have to get that person that wrote that GSP B song on Skype, but I have great news. You know who we have on Skype before that? Who do we have on Skype before that? We're going to talk to Mike Jasper tonight. Nice. Yeah, so Raph and I are going to take a little break and call him, and we'll be back in about five seconds after we stop this. But this is a good time to plug BJJ Finder. They just have a, they just developed their new app, and it got approved through iTunes, so you can download it. Anybody out there doing MMA and jiu-jitsu needing to know where gyms are around the country, use BJJ Finder and the world. It's got, uh, it's got places in Australia. And can all over I the say place. how important that is? Because I just drove by a place in uh, around me that closed down that I, I would do a drop-in every once in a while. It uh, just closed down. Oh. It's kind of, yeah. well, you know what I mean? It yeah, wasn't register great... your schools, right? So people can see these and get support. No, it's a good. Yeah, it wasn't a great run back. place. But the thing is, my first thought was the people who live around this area who I knew who came to this gym don't have that place to go anymore. So, I mean, really, this is a good community that people should be putting their stuff on there and support your local gym, VMAC. Boom. Nice. Raph and I will be right back with Mike Jasper. Verbal Tap listeners on the line, someone we've been trying to get on the show for a while. We've just had some scheduling issues. Mike Jasper. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, doing well. Getting some rest here on a little Sunday. Yeah, we uh, appreciate your time because you're in training mode, if I'm correct. Yeah, I'm full-blown. Uh, wrapping up camp here relatively soon. You know, got about two weeks left or something like that, so it's... Uh, getting that diet nailed up and, you know, uh, starting to wind things down, get ready for May 11th. Very cool. And what's on for those, for people listening? Tell us about the uh, May 11th event. Uh, May 11th, I'll actually be fighting for uh, National Fight Alliance. 
out of Woodland Hills in California. Um, be fighting against Lee Chapman. You know, seasoned vet. He's got about 13 fights under his belt. Um, <clears throat> should be a good fight. Probably stand and bang and uh, looking to get that record up to about seven or no. Makes and, sense. What can you tell us a little bit about uh, Lee Chapman? Uh, you know, he's, he's like I said, he's been around for a while. Um, big thing is, is uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna push the pace and test his cardio. Uh, unfortunately, my uh, my first fighter that I was supposed to fight um, was injured and fell out about a week and a half ago. So I mean, that'd be about three and a half weeks out. Um, the tough part was that I am fighting at a catchweight. Because I'm working my way down to welterweight, so mm. you know Lee Chapman was a was a, a good good sport, and uh, you know took the catchway three and a half weeks notice, and you know hopefully he's ready to rock when he comes to May 11th. That's pretty interesting because his nickname is the Silent Warrior, <laughs> which uh, says a lot of things to me. What what does that mean to you? Man, I. I, I was kind of more or less confused when I originally had seen that, to be honest. But uh, uh, I really can't tell you, to be honest. I mean, I'm not, not really worried about whatever he wants to call himself. You know, I just I, I just know that after that fight's over, you know, people remember me and, you know, his fans will mostly be silent after the fight. So, <laughs> I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll what if that's what it means. He just loses a lot. He's like, yeah, people rarely cheer for me by the time it's done. So. Yeah, more or less, it's just something along those lines. You know, nothing to cheer for. So he's a warrior for sure in spirit, but, you know, silent at heart. I mean, if we were better producers, we would have him on the line and tell you. Or I guess you just wouldn't know, you know? Yeah, we'd just surprise you. A Lee Chapman bomb? There yep. was a... Be like, oh, he's on the line. No, he's a, he's a silent warrior, though. Yeah, we actually, we could have just run that bit all, the whole thing if we had talked Damn about it. it. Yeah, we had... Silent Warrior on the line. Yeah, they should have just chimed him in right there and just, you know, <laughs> had, had him poke at me right away. And you've got to tell us, so Raph and I are both, and we originally saw you fight, and that was partially why we were so excited to have you on the show. You were in the first episode of The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the whole experience was an absolute roller coaster. Um, I had originally, um, back in like September, October, I can't remember the exact date, but basically um, I was prepping for my fight uh, for Bama in October, and um, they announced two weeks out we were having tryouts in Vegas for my weight class. Uh, I went out there, and at the time I only had a 5-0 record, and uh, tried out, and basically it out of nowhere, I mean, I got picked. Uh, I made the top 32, um, which they keep us for seven days. Um, hung out there, did our medicals, did everything, all our interviews. Um, they keep you for seven days? Oh, yeah, and you can't do anything. You can't leave the hotel. You have, I mean, basically, you can kind of just hang. You're basically just there on kind of like a lockdown type deal. And, you know, and no, you had no transportation or anything, so we can't go anywhere really. But and we're way out in the outskirts far as being out in Vegas, you're not like on the strip, you're down at uh what the hell was it, Palace Station. So yeah, I mean, Palace Station, I was about to say, when they say they've held you hostage, they've picked the right hotel to say they've held you hostage <laughs> in Vegas. Yeah, I mean it's about as far off the off the strip as possible. And uh but yeah, like, uh they had thirty two of us. 
Um, basically, when I left on the, the seventh day, they, uh, as I left, they informed me that um, that I would not be needed for the show and you know whatnot. It was it was it was cool. There's the whole experience. I got to meet a lot of cool people. Um, I mean, actually, I became really good friends with Uriah Hall, and we still talk and train since then. But uh, so after that happened. Um, called him back like a week later i was like hey you guys are positive you're not going to need me for um need me for the show alternate anything i'm like no you know go ahead next time it comes back up you guys want to try it again if you want to try it again you know be feel free to so kind of cool so i went ahead and fought that next week uh for Bama usa down in uh, commerce and um ended up knocking out my opponent turned six to no uh unfortunately i did break my nose and then so about two weeks go by, and I'm just hanging out and just basically not training because I couldn't really do anything with a broken nose and, uh, you know, just, just relaxing after a long training camp and a long fight. And uh, I was sitting on my couch on Sunday drinking a drinking a cold beer, eating, <laughs> a, eating, a, eating a breakfast burrito, and uh, uh, my phone rings, which was the female that I was in contact with the whole entire time, and it just says the UFC on my phone. <laughs> And I was more or less kind of in shock, you know, like my, I was just like, okay, what? And I knew what was happening tomorrow. I knew the next day, because the game was the whole schedule. I knew what was happening the next day. And I was like, I'm fucking believable. I answered the phone, and then there's just like, hey, basically, uh, we had a guy get injured. Um, we need you to fly out tonight. And I'm just like, uh, uh, what? Like, excuse me? You know? And, uh, <laughs> She's like, yeah, what's your weight? And I'm just like, dude, you gotta give me, a, you gotta give me, you know, 12 hours. I gotta take care of my work. Gotta take care of my, you know, all my bills. Cause like, you're gonna, you know, if I win the fight, I'm in the house for six weeks, and I gotta set stuff up. So, got everything taken care of. Uh, and the biggest thing that that sold me on it was that, I mean, if I hadn't been training, was basically, you know, that it wouldn't be on my record. It'd be like an exhibition fight. So, in a, in a, in a sense, I had nothing to lose, you know. Sure. So, basically, uh, five in the morning, flew out to Vegas, and I went straight from the airport, twenty-four hour fitness, cut about twelve pounds, fourteen pounds, and <laughs> got on the scale. And the hard thing that really sucked to that whole deal was that everybody that was there had been there since Friday, doing their interviews, paperwork, and all their stuff to file to get on the show, and they had to get it. They had to get me done in fourteen hours. So I had like no time to really eat healthy and get my weight back and you know no excuses nothing like that but uh, ended up got a really good fight fought Colin Hart and uh you know we kind of battled for a little bit but I was just really out of my element wasn't comfortable not having my coaches there and, and whatnot and ended up doing a stupid mistake that I've never done before I gave the guy my back and he ended up getting a little arnsy on me and uh had him tap out that is, there's so much more to this process than I ever could have thought. I had no idea. So when they brought you for the original seven days, you weren't in the house yet. It was just they were putting you on hold to see if you would make it to that first round of fights? No, exactly. I mean, we went to the tryouts, and there was probably close to like 300 people there for the tryouts. Damn. So supposedly it was, was a decent amount, but a little lower than normal. And uh, they, you kind of, I mean, you, you do a couple testing periods, such as like uh, you grapple, hit mitts, and whatnot, and then they eliminate people each each step. They eliminate, boom, background, eliminate. Then they go to, excuse me, they, then they go to uh, 
an interview and they eliminate and they go to I think one other process and they eliminate. So they kept, they ended up keeping, what was it, like 45 of us overnight. And um, then the next day you wake up and you have two things to do. One was, I can't remember what it was. I think it was like a background check and then uh, a second interview. And after that, they kept us all uh, down to the 32 for, yeah, basically like I said, seven days. And you're there. The biggest thing is just you're doing full background um, drug, drug screening, um, CAT scans, you know, um, eye, um, blood work. You're doing everything, and they got to do it for 32 people. So, I mean, it was basically a week long of, of medicals and kind of just background check and whatnot. And it was mind numbing and boring as shit, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's absolutely crazy. And I guess good that we don't get to see that, but uh, it really puts a different perspective on it for all of us who just see seconds or moments at the very beginning. And you go, Oh, okay. There's this guy. You don't really know that they get stuck there for seven days beforehand. No. Yeah, exactly. And the hardest part for me, to be honest, I mean, cause it was like, I rolled the dice on basically a gamble, like I said, because I fought two weeks later. So basically I went out there, and I didn't think I was going to get on it because I didn't think I had enough experience. I mean, the only requirements are is you have to have three fights, you have to have a winning record, and you have to be 21. I had five fights. I was 5-0, and you know, obviously old enough, but I was more or less like, okay, like, dude, I haven't fought like on, you know, like Strikeforce or Bellator. I haven't yeah. fought on any big levels like that. So I didn't think basically that I was something that they would want. And so I basically just took like two days off of my training camp and was like, screw it. I'll go try out. I probably won't make it. I'll come back and I'll get back in the gym on Monday. And sure, I mean, I don't know what it ended up picking me. So I actually missed like six, seven days of training in like the heart of my camp, came back and I had to finish up two and a half weeks of camp and then turn around and fight again like, a, you know, two, two, three weeks later from a real fight actually. Yeah, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because most of us here, okay, I didn't get on the show, and we would probably be sitting where you were eating something like a burrito and drinking a beer again. Like, how do you find that motivation to get back out there and start fighting again? What, as far as... as uh, like, after you know. the, the initial uh, Ultimate Fighters uh, producer said you know, we're not going to go with you this go round, and you already have to get back into camp. Yeah, it was, it was, it was real tough. Um, uh, and kind of like a, you know, hard thing to swallow. But the thing was, is, uh, I'm so young, like, at, like this whole entire sport in general, you know, I've only been pro for two years this May. Um, I've only been training for four years and, you know, I was eight and as an amateur, six and oh as a pro now. And so, I mean, they, I, I kind of, I never really expected to be picked and them keeping me was kind of a bonus and was kind of cool. Um, a lot of guys, I mean, I saw a couple guys there that I met that had been there three or four times and they didn't even make it to the week long stay. They got cut. So, I mean, in a way it was kind of a, not really like a, a win, but it was, you know, it was more or less kind of encouraging for a, the next time I want to go around or, or B, you know, that I, I can't hang with, you know, some of the, the better guys that end up making it on that show. Yeah, and even your fight with Colin Hart was 
well, we got the feeling that it was exciting. They edited the hell out of it when it finally. It was aired. unbelievable. They, that the, that was the one thing I was pretty pissed off about is that like everybody <laughs> else, like because we did all the dance interviews that everybody else did. The whole background that they come into your room, they talk to you, they they you know they they see everything, and uh, you know not only for me but also for Colin. You know he had his friends there and whatever, and they didn't show shit as far as like our backgrounds and what goes on. And uh, and then basically with our fight, they showed like literally 15 seconds, and that was a wrap. I mean, well, to be I fair, mean, not only did they say that they were just going to show 15 seconds, but they had everybody in the talking heads go, "That was a fight," and all of us who are watching it just go, "Great, I'd like to see that." Oh, I guess I'm not. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll just take their word for it. It was apparently a fight. Yeah, I mean we. Me and Colin came out, and we uh, we exchanged like three or four times. Ended up going to the cage and exchanged more in the cage and dirty boxing. And I mean, the guy's a solid jiu-jitsu guy, and I was basically, I mean, because I wasn't like, like I said, I I hadn't been training for like two or three weeks, so I I didn't have that quick trigger like mentality of you know stuff even working on as far as sprawling, working the double leg defense and all that stuff against the cage. So I, I got taken down real easy, which, I mean, I've been taken down once in 14 fights or 13 fights. So it's like <clears throat> pretty much I was just, you know, in a way, like I said, just out of my element. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity. And, you know, it was, it was fun as hell. Like I said, I met, you know, guys that I never would have met before. I got to hang out with Chael and John Jones and became really, like I said before, came, became good friends with Uriah Hall and whatnot. And, uh, I talked to Dana White, and he was super – I mean, if you guys follow MMA, you understand how 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 high Dana White is on people <laughs> not giving a shit. And basically, if I call you, you need to fight, you know, type deal. And if you don't, he's gonna he's gonna openly talk you and talk talk. Yeah, exactly. So the one one high thing that I liked about it was after I fought, um, Dana White did come over to me. He said thank you. You know, um, he said, I guess two guys turned down the fight that, that I picked up. And he's like, I appreciate it. You know, I want to thank you. And he's like, trust me, you know, with your record and whatnot, he's like, I'll be seeing you again soon. So that went to me. That was kind of a high right. note. And it gave me a reason to smile. And, you know, I went out and celebrated a loss in Vegas. Hey. <laughs> That's way better than Dana White saying, hey, get the fuck out of here. Hey, you. No, yeah, that exactly. fucking nose. <laughs> get out. Yeah. I, did he scream a fuck around you? Did you get to hear him cuss? Oh, yeah. The guy, I mean, the guy's. When we all, when we met him the first time, and uh, the, we, we met the night before, um, when, when we all met at the gym, and then you got to see who you were fighting and what the deal was, and he, he gives you the whole, you know, this is time for you to fucking earn your right, don't fucking piss <laughs> me off, and everybody go out there and fucking fight, and it's the same. I mean, I've watched like fucking almost every season, and it's all the same speech every time. Yeah. Now, can you can you tell us, how did you and Uriah become friends? <laughs> basically uh, you got 32 guys there and you're all in the same hotel um, and it's basically a fucking pure ego fest with all these fighters that are there I mean it's you're because you're going from these every doctor's office every day you know one day you're going to do eye and blood the next day you're going to do CAT scan and MRI. The next day you're going to do heart and something else, but you go with 15 people to like each spot, and then 
each spot you're sitting there in a kind of like a doctor's office and uh so you, you mean you don't know any of these guys so you just start people just start talking what you know and everybody's there is obviously a fighter so people just start talking fighting 95 percent of the people that were on there were just you know who i've knocked out who i train with who i've beat up just everybody's trying to see how tough everybody is and it was just me and Uriah and another guy of mine that um, he actually Ryan Big Bigler he uh, he was the guy that fought uh, Bubba and lost to Bubba to get in the house uh, the guy from Guam um, us me Ryan and Uriah were like the only guys like after the doctor shit was done and all that we would hang out go eat go have a couple beers like every night and it seemed like every single time we went out like fighting was never talked about like it was just normal like you just go hang out talk about females sports fucking where are you from you know just normal shit and every time you're anybody else it was just who, who's the baddest fucker there and i just we couldn't stand it so that's why we us we us we hung out you know like every night and you know you ride up uh winning his fight and me and Ryan lost and all three of us had stayed in touch and the moment you all got out of the house he you know hit me hit me up and I've trained with him since and he's I mean the guy's the nicest guy I mean they edit the shit out of what you see on the show and he's he's one of the nicest guys I've met to be honest I was gonna say you know what can you tell us about him in terms of a perspective that we just didn't get from the house because obviously they had a couple of those things where they certainly did edit it down and it made him look a little bit awkward in some scenarios. But what are things that we don't know just about him? Um, you know, I mean, like I said, you get the guys, he's, he's super nice and very, I mean, very, very, very respectful. And a lot of times the way they edited it and portrayed it, they made him kind of seem like an asshole, which, I mean, to me, he never, he never came off as that, you know, I mean, as he, um, uh, cocky or kind of comp- big-headed. I mean, you can call it that, but I consider it like confident. I, I'm, I'm myself. I'm confident as hell, you know. And in this sport, you have to be. You can't be, you know, you can't be sitting there, you know, shaking in your knees like, oh fuck, I'm about to go fight. I mean, you got to be, you know, basically very confident in what you're about to go do, knowing that you could go in there and fight anybody. And the guy wants to fight the best people, dude. And he's he's proved that. I mean, he's his only. His only two losses, I mean, I don't know how many people know this, but his fucking only two losses are against Philippou and fucking Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman's fighting, you know, for the for the belt, and Philippou yeah. is ranked, like, number four in the world. So, I mean, you know, the guy's the guy a soldier, and he's, he's going to be just fine in the UFC. I have no, no problem <laughs> knowing that. Cool. So you got the uh, actually still I'm baffled by the schedule. The seven day thing is cracking me up. Rap, did you have any idea there was that much backlog into it? Uh, I guess you have an inkling, but I always play the game of there's a ton of shit I don't know that's happening in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it was the hardest part was beginning to get in the house was the fucking interview. I mean it was so high intense awkward fucking weirdness you know and it was camera you walk in the room 
It's, I mean, it's more or less just, I mean, just decent questions. I mean, shit you would expect. Why should we pick you? How are you going to be on camera? You know, uh, and they'll kind of flip through your paperwork and just and just poke at you. You know, like the one thing they liked with me was that at the time three of my five fights, you know, were finished. Um, uh, but they'll sit there and you know, like the funny part was is the guy's like, man, you're 29. He's like, you're kind of getting a little old to be getting out. Oh, like, why no. haven't you? Well, they're like, why haven't you tried out before? And I was, I looked at him, and I was just like, okay, you guys haven't done middleweight in fucking forever. And they're, I mean, they're super cool. They tell you, cuss whatever you want. It's not a fucking job interview. It's like, I literally was like, dude, you guys haven't fucking done middleweight in forever, and you have to have three fights. I just got my fourth fight six months ago. Have you done middleweight since six months ago? And he was just like, oh, I guess you're right. Like, so, I mean, basically, and, and they were cool with stuff like about that is just being able, you know, kind of talk back to them, be a smart ass, because that's what they want. You know, yeah. he almost has the same mentality of, of, a, of a Dana White type deal. Like, he was out there cussing in the interviews, and he didn't, you know, it's kind of a friend on friend basis, but the cameras are on, lights are on, there's about 50 people in one room all looking at you, typing in the computers, you know, analyzing you, and it's, it's a very awkward feeling. They are making a mistake not showing us this because this sounds fascinating. <laughs> better. Yeah, this sounds like there's a lot of times where we're hearing bullshit stories about them sitting around a campfire, and it's like, could we clip to some back interviews? Like, I want to see. Can I just what... say real quick? I think I've been going about my career entirely wrong. I probably, but I why? should be one of these people asking questions because I feel like in prod people and just being like, oh wow, wow, that's a couple losses there you should really feel worse uh, about yeah. yourself yeah, that, did that emotionally yeah, cripple yeah, your was, confidence it was, yeah it, it was it was definitely tough man i mean i'm i'm like like i said before you know i'm super confident in myself but when it comes to like speaking in front of people and like being like i don't know just put on the spot in an awkward moment like I'm not a very outgoing, like, crazy guy, you know? Like, I have no problem when the lights go on and they close the gates, but with fucking in front of a thousand, couple thousand people, but you get four or five pin pushers in front of me asking me questions, like, fucking poking around, like, I kind of clamped, clamped up a little bit, you know? Well, there's a certain politeness in it. <laughs> you know, I think most people get taught uh, to respect people and, and speak as such. So it's always weird when that part of the brain gets told, go nuts! Yeah, I mean, it's it was it, like I said it was I, I'm not I, I appreciated it. I, I, had, I had a great experience and it was cool to you know meet um, meet Dana White and everything and meet those guys and um, I don't I don't regret any of it. I just uh, the only thing I do regret was just I I wish that I had had a more or less a a, a fair chance you know because all those guys had somewhat of a training camp and preparation. And the thing was, too, that pissed me off was when this was the first show ever that everybody was allowed to bring four people. Yeah. And I was never told this at all. And I was um, I was doing an interview that night, like I said, like 1130 at night in front of the camera, I was doing an interview. And uh, they basically, he's like, so, you know, how do you feel about... <clears throat> this being the first ultimate fighter ever that you can bring friends and family and watch your fight. And I mean, my face must've been fucking priceless because 
day, I basically just looked right at the camera and I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, <laughs> and they're like, oh, this is the guy's replacement. Next question. And I was like, fuck. Because uh, the smart thing that a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of guys, what guys were doing was they would bring, you know, whatever, mom and dad or mom and their girlfriend or whatever, two, three people, and the fourth person would was one of their coaches. Yeah. So they would have, you know, their coach or whatever kind of in the crowd somewhat near. Because when you're, when you're in there fighting, it's fucking dead quiet. There's no music. There's no nothing. No one's cheering kind of that deal. It's You're fighting in front of, like, 80 people. That's it. So one person in the crowd, if he's kind of coaching you up, you can fucking hear it. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. some, of the, some of the guys were smart, and they brought one of their coaches. And obviously, I mean, it's got to help out some. Whether you win or lose is, you know, here or there. But, I mean, having that, that emotional you know, you know, partner has been there with you is kind of, it's, it's definitely a confident boozer. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm glad that you ended on good terms with the UFC. Uh, are you allowed to try out again? How does that work? Yeah. The only require only, only thing that kind of, um, that basically, um, cancels you out is if that you can't try out is if you have a contract with another promotion, um, of course, <laughs> such a if dick. you if if you've ever if you've ever uh, been on the pay per view part of the uh, a UFC card, and then also if you uh, if you've already previously made it into the house, so those are the only things that three things that really um, exile you. I mean, I had a convenient somewhat as far as having a contract because I had I had my contract with uh, Bama for one fight. But it's when you get into two or three fights contracts mm-hmm. where they you basically are, are kicked out. like you can't like those little fucking just toss you out. Like I saw four or five guys in the background or in the in the process of that week long of being there of uh, doing well and then they get kicked out because, you know, one Bellator is not gonna let them fight. I saw one fucking guy, this was classic. He was I, I can't remember his name offhand. Great wrestler, collegiate wrestler, but he's a black guy. I know that sums it up a lot on the black fighter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I know him. <laughs> yeah, well, he was he had, he he had like 15 fights, and everybody. I mean, I didn't know who he was, but I mean, I know I do now. And to tell you, I couldn't tell you his name, and I can't bring it up. But basically, this guy um, was for striking fighting for Strike Force, and five months ago, fucking Zufa owned Strike Force. And they kicked him out because he was under contract with Strike Force. How the fuck does that even make sense? You know what I'm saying? So I mean, they, yeah. they, they, they I mean, they own his contract. So it was kind of some things they kind of just pick and choose. It was very curious to me. So there's some things they're just looking for a reason, basically, and they'll yeah, which so I like they'll damn near create one. Like, I guess the guy had been fighting for Strike Force for like three or four fights, which. I mean, and was winning, supposedly, so. Well, he didn't send Dana White a Christmas card, so fuck. <laughs> yeah. Right, it sounds that way, yeah. 17 fucks. So, this is the part where we like to get a little bit more. Um, obviously, that, that catches up on your, your most recent MMA career. Some things people might not know about you. You played semi-professional football? Yeah, I played for... Probably four, four or five seasons. I played, I played football for about fifteen years, including you know going up in Pop Warner High School, junior college, college, and then semi-pro. So, 
I played a lot of football my day, and uh, I pretty much gave that up when I found my current gym that I'm at. So it was a it was a, uh, like a sport that I loved, and you know I I'm still a diehard football fan. I watch it every Sunday when it's on, but you know it was not getting too big of a paycheck and getting that body absolutely thrashed was one thing that I was very happy to end once I found MMA. Well, yeah. okay. Let's can we can we ask a follow up here? Because uh, I I've heard you mention the fact that you wanted to go from football to keep your body from getting thrashed, so you went to mixed martial arts. Oh uh, yeah, that's, that's there's no you got that correct. Okay, I'm just checking that just to make sure. I'm not sure everybody would would say that themselves. Uh, but but what is the difference and how is it preserving your athletic career for the long term? Well, I mean, with football, like on a on a Sunday when you play, it's you you get out of bed on Monday, like hating your life. I mean, not hating your life, obviously, but your your body hates you for doing what you do. You know, it hurts to tie your shoes to bend over. I mean, because I played linebacker, I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now I, I I lost thirty pounds from the moment that I quit and came into play. You know, play uh, or compete in mixed martial arts. I was like 225, 230 when I was playing football, playing linebacker. And, you know, you're you're running full speed in a guy that weighs 295, 315 pounds. And that's what basically, I mean, it's like running into a brick wall. Yeah. And, you know, mixed martial, mixed martial arts, I mean, is what it is. I mean, you look at last night, what you saw with John Jones, I mean, that was one of the craziest injuries yeah, seen in a while, maybe since like the Corey Hill shin shin break. Yeah. you know, I mean, it wasn't Ugh. as bad or as gruesome, but it was still is what it is. It's a compound fracture. Shit like that happens yep. in football all the time. Blowing out ACLs, which I blew out my ACL. I've sprained my ankle probably twenty five times. I've dislocated my shoulders. I've, I mean, I've, I've done endless things in football: broken fingers, broken hands. I mean, it's just I have the the craziest injury I've had in mixed martial arts to date would have to be probably either my dislocated rib or the one of the injuries that I had um, after the ultimate fighter when I got back into camp was uh, I uh, partially dislocated my kneecap. But even then, it was just therapy, and I was fine. I mean, it wasn't too bad. It was a freak accident. Well, I want to thank you for summing that up because uh, so often as mixed martial arts fans, we get those layman uh, folks who have no idea what the sport is and just think that a 300-pound man running at you is way safer than mixed martial arts. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and if you think about it in the long run, I mean, mixed martial arts has been around for a very short period. Makes I can rephrase that. Mixed martial arts has been around for hundreds of years, probably longer than that. But MMA uh, in the cage has only been around, you know, for you know, fifteen, twenty years in a competitive right. sense. Um, so the the whole concussion wrath and all that stuff has yet to play itself out in the long term. But I mean, if you look at it in the football, everything that's going on right now in the NFL with the lawsuits against, you know, the NFLPA and everything like that. Um, I don't ever think that will happen in MMA because I mean. You get hit, right? You're going to sleep. It's, I mean, it's over with. Yeah. Boxing, I mean, you guys see these guys take, 
you know, you'll see someone like Manny Pacquiao throw close to a thousand punches in a fight, and he's landing at like a 60% ratio. I mean, the thing is, you took, you know, all those off of your head. That'll never, yeah. ever happen in MMA because, I mean, you'll you be get knocked out. After the first yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, is getting knocked out good for your brain? Absolutely not. But, I mean, it's going to happen, you know. Well, one of the Not interesting things I heard is it actually kind of is in a way because you're supposed to get knocked unconscious. Like, that's why it makes sense. If you get hit, like, once or twice and you're dropped, that's way better than just, like, slow blows that don't quite knock you out. It's supposed to be like your body. It's a normal reaction, I guess, which is uh, hard to explain to the the layperson, but... I think yeah, it's yeah, a... it makes sense. And the biggest thing is, you're not like after that you get knocked out. It's over with. You know, like, the guy's not going to punch you any more times. You know, like you're, the damage is done, and it's not going to be repetitive when it's over with. The fight stopped. You know, and you're you're moving on. Compared to boxing, you get stunned, you get an eight count, and you get back out there, and you take eighty more punches before the round's over. And so it's like, <clears throat> and it, you know, is it, mixed martial arts safe? You know, hell no. But it's <laughs> I I consider it. I consider it a lot, a lot more safe than you know football or less less damaging to the actual body. Well, you don't have to tell Raph and I. We are podcasters in our hobby, and it gets pretty rough on the uh, frequencies too. So, yeah, carpal think... tunnel can be a bitch. <laughs> there's tell there's me a lot about of it. Jeez. there's a lot of clicking. Uh, it's still a repetitive stress wound. Talk I to do us. have a question. Yeah, go ahead, Raph. I, I had a real quick question. Uh, when you have your, your sponsors up, I think in one of your photos, I saw that you had a sponsor that was in the shape of a, a Raider symbol. Am I correct in this? <laughs> it's, it's actually, that's the symbol. It's a Raider shield, and mm-hmm. the picture is me. And instead of saying Raiders, it says Jasper, and it has me with the the actual two swords going through through me, like the actual Raiders helmet that are on the shield. Um, I'm just a diehard, diehard Raiders fan. I've been, like, since I was, like, five years old. And one of the local uh, clothing companies out here, MMA clothing companies in uh, Ventura County, uh, which is no longer around anymore, but um, the guy that made it is, the matchmaker for the promotion that I will be fighting for on May 11th. Um, he made up a design for me for a walkout t-shirt, I think, when I was an amateur. And I always loved it, but I just threw it up in my banner. Because a lot of guys will put their name across the top, you know, whatever it is, Joe Johnson. And yeah. instead of me doing that, I just put fucking that logo up there. And it says Jasper, and it's a picture of me and whatnot. I mean, because when I saw that, I, I had to ask you, you know, you, you said that you played semi-pro football, and for all I know, that means that you actually played for the Raiders. No, yeah, I wish. But uh, <laughs> I was... Uh, you played was, quarterback. Uh, they, they were in the market. You might have been a uh, better number one pick. I'm just saying. Yeah, man, you're telling me I've fucking been living and breathing it. I'd love to have a quarterback that we can, we can lean on right now. I do have a question, though. How many people have you stabbed? Because if you're a Raiders fan, don't... <laughs> You have to have a certain number of stabbings. That's to go to games. That's what I've heard. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I personally have not, but I have been. <laughs> that's the only, that's the only thing. Well, I, I, I do appreciate that you are not uh, in denial of any of these things. So it makes it much, uh, 
much easier to get through, but way less fun. It's yeah. not as fun as I thought it would be to make fun of a Raiders fan. He, they, he embraced it a little too much. <laughs> it was just I'm like, yeah, no, I've stabbed seven people. So. He's probably been yeah, like, I've, I've lost to, I've lost some good homies going to Raiders <laughs> games. Yeah. I mean, I've been to a countless amount of Raiders games, and I've watched them be great, and I've watched them be fucking horrible for the last ten years, so... As far as the sports side on football goes, my mind's pretty numb when it comes to Raider jokes. I've heard it all. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's switch gears for a second. Uh, you are with uh, Elite MMA, am I right? Yeah, Boss Rutan's gym up in uh, Westlake Village, California. Tell me how you got hooked up with Boss Rutan. And follow-up question, is he as amazing as we are led to believe? Um, basically, uh, I had a good friend of mine that we used to – I still hang out with him. He's actually still my striking coach. Um, he, we were camping up in uh, Lake Nacimento up in Sex uh, Central California, and uh, when I was still playing football, he kept asking me, you know, come into the gym, come into the gym, which is where he works at and has been since they opened at Foster's in the place. And uh, I was always, you know, real reluctant, kind of like, oh, you know, I don't have time, uh, you know, football, whatnot. And uh, when we were up there camping, and we, you know, after – numerous you know cold beverages and a couple campfires later he talked me into it and i uh first thing i did when i got back was i went in there and checked it out and uh once i realized how shitty i was at actually fighting i fell in love with it because i'm competitive as hell you know so fighting something that i was pretty average or subpar at i wanted to get better instantly so i quit football i didn't quit football i played the season out and uh just never never played again and uh i've been competing pretty much everyone ever since um the thing with boss rudin um i mean if you watch watch his show um if you watch him on any of his movies that he came out with here comes the boom uh anything that he's ever done uh None of that in any part or for any way is an act. I think it's like literally exactly how he is. <laughs> he, teaches, he, he, he teaches a couple classes a week, and he does the same shit in class. Boom, pow, the sound effects, fucking <laughs> jump, jumping around. I mean, the guy's, you know, getting, getting uh, you know, he's not a young young chicken at all by any means, but he's not old either. But, you know, he's he acts like he's, freaking 15 years old and the guy's <laughs> awesome I, I mean he's helped me out with a bunch of my, my fights and uh anytime i have any questions like an email call or anything you know shoot my opponent and he'll check him out and then he'll hit me at hit me back with him you know i'm breaking down what he thinks i should do and the guy's he doesn't care if you're a fighter he doesn't care if you're because our gym is for everybody it's not just uh, uh you know the fighters gym there's there's moms there's kids there's you know, girls, guys, beginners, teenagers, and uh, if I mean, if if a, if, a, if a wife or a girl were to walk in there just second day, if you would ask him, hey, you know, having problems with my right straight, he will stop, no problem, and you know, talk to him, give him a couple pointers. You know, he's 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 one of those guys that basically he's no one, he's too big for nobody. You know, and that's the one thing I really enjoy about him. That's uh, that's great. I've heard nothing but good things about about the gym. I'm actually out in Southern California, so everything I've heard has been aces. I've just wondered if he teaches uh, a class uh, similar to the defense video that he has on the internet on how to defend yourself at a bar. 
No, 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 none of that. They they have had crop across there before, but they got rid of that. They, he just he just teaches his uh, his MMA class uh, two days a week and has all his shows and everything's going on. The guy's got fucking more on his plate than a, you know a, a, a fat kid at a buffet. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll do a video that's very animated on how he just multitasks. Pass that suggestion along. I would watch that video. I think several people yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how the hell he does it, man. To be honest, I mean, he's got his little, he's got his self defense, his his TV shows, he's got his his MMA, like his striking back thing that he has. He has his O2 trainer, which is amazing, by the way. I really highly recommend that thing. And I mean, he's got so he's got three kids, I believe, wife, the gym. It's uh, I, I, I would have. You know, put a gun in my mouth a long time ago. But he's the man; he gets it done. Very cool. All right, our final game because uh, we've taken up. Wow, that's uh, we've strolled right past forty minutes. We have a little word association game we do with the fighters we have on. It's very quick. We just have a few topics based off of our conversation. You just give us the first word or words that pop in your mind. Okay. This is, your, this is part of your training camp. We like to prep you for the uh, Joe Rogan interview. So, word association, first words, well, nickname, the silent warrior. Horrible. <laughs> it is an awful nickname. Okay, Colin Hart. Rematch. Ooh. That's a, oh, that's a good one. You must do well with the uh, radio. Raiders. Oh. <laughs> uh, the pain uh, that came through in that oh side. I thought we had a goat on the line for a that second. That was genuine. It was genuine. Yeah. I'm a Chiefs I'll, fan, I'll, by the way. I should I'll, mention I'll that. Go, I'll, go with the, I'll go with the current state of uh, my last few seasons. Disappointment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're inter-conference we're rivals. I'm a Kansas City native. So uh-huh. I cheer for the Chiefs. I like it. Yeah. So I, under, I feel your pain, at least. Yeah. At least we beat you guys a couple times. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're we're good for that. Final one, verbal tap word association. Verbal tap. Fun. Hey, there we go. Yeah, we like. Uh, I like your assertive approach to the fight game. We were talking about that on our last podcast a lot with a uh, guy that fights locally out in the Midwest area. I like that you you get you seem to have some bite to you at least with the interviews, and it's got a. That's always good. Those fighters are a lot more fun to watch just because, you know, it is fighting at the end of the day. It's nice yeah, to see some. Yeah, I've been some. pretty fortunate. I've done, I've done a handful of interviews. And like I said, the shit with the Ultimate Fighter and doing stuff like that, I mean, it's really how prepared and kind of get a whole different perspective on, you know, talking to people and, you know, being I mean, usually a pretty quiet guy. But lately it's been kind of, happening a lot more often kind of as the my record grows and you know stuff happens to develop more so basically kind of just slowly getting used to this whole entire deal because it's going to pop off big here soon once he gets a couple more wins in my belt 
Hey, man, let's tell you this right now. We're a couple of speech kids. Anytime you have problems or need any kind of help with the word side of it, we're your guys. The fighting stuff, not so much. But the word no, stuff, no, no, yeah, no. we got yeah, you the coming. punching and that type of thing, uh, not our specialty. Uh, the bullshit trash talk and any entrance advice, we can come up with some feisty ideas. That's where we uh, we make our money. Yeah, either, either, either that or Chael Sonnen and call him for the trash talk, you know? Yeah, our, we don't rhyme as much. But That's hey, right. <laughs> I'm rhyming even though I was dying yesterday in the cage. Right. Oh, man. That was that was a vicious beating. And the problem I had was that we had to pretend like that fight was supposed to be any good whatsoever. Cause yeah, it went... I mean, I was I was in a uh, in essence I was I was rooting for Chael. Um, I was he was in, he was my corner for the fight and he was the guy's a he's basically a, a marketing man like he, he knows he knows how to sell a fight he knows how to talk with the cameras on and a lot of it rubs a lot of people the wrong way but when I did meet him the guy was awesome he was I mean he was willing to do anything we needed for help or you know he was offering to go get us coffee he was offering to you know you know hold mitts for us I mean well, a lot of stuff he didn't have to do, and he was super genuine and, you know, nice guy. So I, I earned more respect for him after actually meeting him. I mean, before the, before yeah. I met him, I thought he was just a cocky asshole. But after meeting him, I had a whole different outlook. Coffee is sticking out in my brain. <laughs> just the idea of being like, is there anything I can get you for this fight? You know, uh, vanilla bean, cappuccino, you know, is there something I can do for you? Pike's Place. And I also yeah. like the idea of being like, hey, Ch Chael, Chael, remember that's two sugars, not one. Some people mess it up. That's how I take my coffee. That's good. Yeah, that's soy, it. soy, soy, not regular milk, please. <laughs> I just think the thing for Chael is I think he has so much more to offer outside of the cage at this point in his career. Uh, if he wants to fight, I think it's kind of fun, but I, I really think he's that guy that – Every person who was from his team seemed to have a very positive experience with him as a coach, and that's just as a coach. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, still being buddies with Uriah and whatnot, I mean, he's he's got nothing but great things to say about him. He's, a lot of those guys that were in his corner, you know, like Luke Barnett and uh, a bunch of those guys, Zach and Uriah, all of them, they all, since they left the house, they've all gone to his gym and stayed there for multiple weeks and train with them just because he had that much of a, you know, an impact on them, whether it was mentally, physically, or, you know, whatever it is in the fight game, they respected him enough to, you know, go back out there. Like Luke Barnett's from fucking London and he went back out to Oregon to, to train and be with them. So, I mean, the guys, like you said, whether what happens here now from his, his professional career in the cage is, is to be seen, but I mean, the guy is one hell of a coach. I mean, that's one thing I saw from watching the ultimate fight of this year. Uh, I just, there's something about him that he's a good, as weird as it sounds, ambassador for your MMA. No, he is. You know, I mean, the guy was, he's very intelligent. I mean, not a lot of people do and don't know that he was, you know, running for office and stuff in Oregon. The guy's very intelligent. Yeah. Um, you know, so he knows how to speak to the camera, he knows how to sell tickets, and He's a good coach. I mean, he's paid for the sport, in my opinion. They reminded us of a quote last night that he said he's a Republican. He never likes to spend 
any time with a man between his legs. That was said multiple times last night, so hopefully we get some of those on the uh, CNN reel as his election <laughs> develops. God. <laughs> it's good stuff. Well, Mike, you've got to get back to training, um, or at least a sleep schedule, I would imagine, of some kind. We really appreciate your time. We'd uh, love for you to come back and uh, do the show again sometime, maybe post fights. Let us know how it's going. No, man, absolutely. Um, like I said, May, uh, May 11th in uh, Woodland Hills, um, be fighting Lee Chapman. Uh, if you guys want to do something afterwards, let me know. I mean, after that, 7-0 kind of sounds nice, so we can just do it again. <laughs> yeah. Most definitely, man. And uh, hopefully next time we can do this in person and – uh, we can have me buy you a drink properly on behalf of the podcast. Uh, that'd be a victory drink too. Yeah, it's well, our ambassadorship. Woodland when Hills, May 11th. The Silent Warrior to death. <laughs> That's when you'll see Leech Evan, the Silent Warrior, getting uh, loudly punched in the face. Good luck, Mike. Thanks, uh, thanks a ton for swinging by. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Man, have a good night, man. Welcome to the part of the show where Raph and I talk about the cast. Hey, Jasper seems—I uh, like his edge. He seems like one of those people that's got some some grit. Some grit. I'd imagine most uh, fighters do, but he's got a—you know—he's got a little bit of a swagger to him. He's a, a. There's something of like between him and a couple of the other people we talked to, who are just polite swag. Where it's like yeah, they don't. It's definitely not overdosed. It just sounds confident. No. Nope, it's just a very healthy, I'm competitive, and I happen to be yeah. pretty good at this. Yeah, and you also get the sense from him, he seems like, you know, he's obviously an athlete, and I, I like the idea that he chose MMA over football as a, yeah. basically to give his body a break, which is a really fascinating... Just <laughs> I've just never me. heard that before. Me either, uh, I was I was taken back, I was like, okay... I I think we've heard of people doing that, but never yeah. anybody that just said it's because uh, yeah, yeah football is starting to hurt. So then I decided let somebody punch me in the face. That'll be cool. Yeah, let's change it up. So we're I'm looking forward to uh, seeing seeing how his next fight goes. He sounds his perspective on the behind the scenes of how the verbal tap or I'm sorry how the Ultimate Fighter goes was nuts. Like I did not realize. Yeah. No clue any of that happened. They made it sound like they had invited everybody there like a day. Am I wrong about this? They make it sound like they invited everyone there a day before and they just said fight to get in the house and that's it. Like they don't show anything about this week-long internment camp that they have to go to that sounds (laughs) fascinating as fuck. I was just blown away hearing the seven days there. Like just imagine taking seven days – out when you know 300 other people are doing the exact same thing. That's crazy! Yeah. When you know that only 32 people are going to make it onto the show. That's insane. And So credit to him. Yeah, especially as he he sounds like he's just now really hitting his stride when it comes to the fight. I mean, he's a young fighter. When you think about just in terms of fights, he's looking at about 12, 13 fights. So uh, I'm stoked. It'll be fun to see him. We do have a some update. Joe the Nose Wilk from last week's episode did get TKO'd. 
Is that what you told me? Do you have more details on that, or do we know? That is correct. That is all I've heard. Um, but as we both know, Joe is an awesome guy, and much like when we talked to him last week, what he says is he definitely takes those losses and as a leader of his own gym, kind of uh, doesn't hide from it, puts it on the yeah. front runner and tells his people that's how you learn. And I think that's such a great leadership strategy. So no that's doubt he's going to come back. Yep. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing about the fight game. Like, people get caught, right? And that's what you love about it. I mean, Matt, we were joking about this, but Matt Sarah knocked out GSP. It happens. Like, that's just... That's fascinating. I'm uh, I'm looking. I, we'll have to have him back on. Find out what happened in the fight. You always like we'll to definitely uh, ask him about it. Because it was to bring it full circle. Hearing Mike Jasper talk about the fight leading in with Colin Hart, it's just like Jesus. That was not. Those were not ideal conditions for a fight, which I'd imagine you kind of needed to be. But uh, like they well, said, you know, yeah, especially when way in back the up. show. In the show, all they do is just go, "Yeah, I'm a guy who plays football." But I'm playing here. Oh, I'm going to fight this guy. Oh, cool. you're not going to see my fight, but I lost. Uh-oh. Whatever. Yeah, I'm no gone. Shit. Thanks for no context and uh, nothing for him. I do like that Dana White says fuck, though, all the time. That your impression. It's not just a caricature. He's always saying fuck, even behind the scenes. It's good stuff. Yep. <laughs> we have uh, the biggest announcement we've made on this show to date that's about the show, Raph. What is it's it? a huge announcement. How big? We is have it? it's. I'd say it's huh, scale it of one to ten. Thirty-eight. Big Nelson country big. No, because it's in shape. It, it's well, you know, and <laughs> it's a little bit more aesthetically pleasing. We have a website, verbaltapcast.com. It looks legit. It looks professional. We want to thank BJJ Finder for helping us get it up and get it rolling. And we need thank people to start going to it because you can learn a little bit more about Raf. We're gonna. Raf has about seven thousand content ideas. I haven't told you this. It's kind of like the plus and minus of being your co-host. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll compliment you and then I'll insult you just so we're because I don't want to get like above on the scale but the first compliment is raf genuinely never stops working he just can't shut his mind off so you're texting me or facebook messaging me ideas for content i'd say three to five times a day isn't accurate Correct. uh and on the other scale there's sometimes it's like mother of god raf write it down and put it in an email and we'll talk later but then most of the time it's pretty good so there's your compliment insult package Mostly the insult uh, the is only that you just I... take up my time is the, is the problem. Oh, get the fuck out of here then. <laughs> Don't work with me. Raph tries too hard. Raph is, Raph is really caring about this a little bit more than I need him to this week. No, I've just been moving, so I've been cranky. The website's going to feature videos, some posts. Raph and I do a lot of talking just about MMA throughout the day and things that people don't get to see. We're going to start making that visible. Uh, we're going to start throwing it up on the website and uh, letting you guys see just our chats back and forth. For example, you can genuinely see Raph's passionate love of the GSP song video. How many times did you listen to that? Uh, I'm not going to comment. Okay, so it's definitely more than once, just so everybody knows. Oh, it was definitely more than once, yes. 
look up the GSP, like the song about GSP. You can also we'll ref tweet, it, tweet out. it out. You did. Also, oh my I think. god! You know what we can do? We can we post can it on the website. On the website. Oh snap! <laughs> that's not where this ad. Was, that's not where this started. So that, that that the little bit we just did. That's live. That's us just coming together to make it happen. Verbal tap cast. You'll see all of our awesome Twitter work streaming around. Anyone that tags us, talks about us, it's going to come through that. We're going to retweet you. You're going to see it on the website. You can start making comments, which will be great. We're going to start putting poll questions, some Gi reviews, some BJJ reviews. The site's going to have it all, so people should tune into it. Boom. Boom. Let's do some shout-outs, shall we? Well... I believe we have a couple quick questions that we need to answer. Oh, me, oh my, my manners. Yes. What are those questions? Uh, this question comes from Lisa Falconer, who's going to want us to ask, why did Caveman walk out in a Halloween costume and a puppet during his last fight? Was he confused and thought it was the WWE? Well, you know, we're going to get a chance <laughs> to ask him in a couple weeks. Yeah, and that person might not want to be quite so snarky. Just, I'm saying, tone down uh, I can't help answer that question, but we will. You're going to have to tune in when we get him on the show. Um, didn't they say it's a costume that you can rent? And yes. his nickname's The Caveman, and that's uh, it sounds like, especially the guys from Kansas, first of all, he is a fan of the WWE. So Yes. And they get hit in the head a lot. So maybe, you know, he made an honest mistake. But I bet it was a choice, and it was based on him just kind of developing his persona. And... You know, no press is bad press when it comes to the fight world, so people were talking about it, at least. I think that's some good insight. We got another uh, question from August Benassi, who writes, Did this fight, as I contend to taint the legitimacy of the light heavyweight title, do we now have an era where title fights are made for ratings and pay-per-view buys as the primary consideration before merit, and is that a good thing? Well, this is a fair question, by the way. It, it has a lot a of big question. words, but it is still a fair question. But let's discuss how stupid it is. Here's the reason why. This is a fight business. I yeah. understand that in a Oh, you're world, dismissing it? You're responding to his question as though it's a stupid question? I'm going to just explain why this is stupid, and then we're going to go straight into it. The idea that, yes, in a perfect world, it would be great if people of merit always took on each other. But we are in a falling business. The ratings aren't what they used to be. The money's not what it used to be. And more importantly, when the pay-per-view buys aren't what they used to be, you have to make new stars. If you have Chael, who this, this pay-per-view is tracking, as Dana was saying, to go as high as his fight with Anderson Silva. If Dana's blowing that out of his ass, fine. But if it's tracking one million fighters, there's not a single other fighter on the roster who can command one million pay-per-view buys. So, yes, we have to sometimes suck it up, watch ratings improve, and, more importantly, watch the pay-per-view ads go up and buys go up. Otherwise, we don't have a sport. You are right, but it does decrease the legitimacy a little bit. Not necessarily ratings. It was obviously ratings-driven. But it does, in some ways, it, it, he just didn't deserve a shot. The only way we get around it, and, and I do give them some credence, we do forget that the reason this all came about is because they had to cancel an effing UFC event. 
and Shale was willing to fight him, and we were all much more willing to take on the fight back then when it was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. He's calling to say he wants to fight him when other big guys in that division were not. So I, I'm sort of split. But I do think it's a conversation. I do think you can pretty reasonably make the claim it decreases some legitimacy. That's great if you like wasting your time. But here's the other part of that information I'll give you. I, I this is... love wasting my time, by the way. Thank it's you. It's top three <laughs> hobbies. I'll tell you this. This is the other second half of that that same argument. I know at least nine of those fighters who came from the show who would not call that experience that they had with Chael invalid. And I think that that in itself, just watching how much they took out of it, I don't really think it decreased that sort of legitimacy because without Chael challenging John and him not accepting the first time, we wouldn't have gotten an ultimate fighter like this, the one that we just had, that was spectacular. Okay. Now you're yeah, you're making a little bit more sense, which I hate when you do that. I still don't think you need to be quite so aggressively to say that this has not, it doesn't impact it at all, because there is a little bit of... Like, that I'm was just a... saying this. This is the, the hard part with August in this stance that I disagree with. It's taking the hard line. No one blames his conviction, but at one point, August went on a tirade and started calling people mouth breathers, which <laughs> is very funny because it's exactly what Shale would say in that situation, which is how he got the title shot, which is how he has the problem with everything. So it's a very <laughs> convoluted issue. Uh, yeah, it uh, like but it. what I'm saying to you is this. I have better things to do with my time than to really get bent out of shape about John Jones having to defend a title that really... How many other people do we know right now that deserve that title shot that he stepped over? True. Yeah, and that's what I'll say. It's like, who was going to beat him? But I will he, say, there are other people He manhandled Machida. He manhandled all sorts of yeah. people. And there are other people who would lose in a first round all the same to John Jones, who basically lost because John Jones is that good. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. Whatever. No argument. We love you, August, though. And congrats to he and the fam on their very but I will, cute... I will tell you this right now. Their we, new edition. Our first shout-out belongs to August Benassi, and more importantly, uh, to Raven Benassi, who we have been told will be the first uh, women's champion from the Benassi household. And uh, we call first dibs on an interview. You heard it here. Podcast fans in what years? This year's 2013. Like optimistically, if she's a prodigy, we can do 18 years reasonably. 2031 for yep. verbal tab 972. <laughs> uh, you guys get ready. Actually, once a weekend, it's gonna be a lot of that. Don't check my math. Well, let's face it. People listen to this enjoy MMA, not math. So we'll look forward to that interview, and that's, uh, that takes us into our shout-outs. Do you have any other shout-outs you would like to make, Ref? Uh, Valley Martial Arts Center, v uh, who uh, continue to be so excellent. Uh, to Marcus Kowal, uh, our fighter-slash-host of Studio MMA, uh, he actually gave me some pointers this week. I rolled with him. Super awesome. Uh, it's one of those roles where you're just like, you you learn so so much from so I, I really appreciate him and his time and of course to our friends over at Studio MMA. Very cool, yeah. 
BJJ MMA Academy, no concept jiu-jitsu. We talked about BJJ Finder earlier. We uh, Andrew's in Idaho doing a like he does. Uh, he goes around to do to referee different places. So our nice. class was taught by uh, Nick and Rob and Kenny. Some brown belts in our gym. All fairly new to the brown belt world, but it's uh, fun. They uh, awesome. did some cool lessons around. So thanks guys a ton. Thanks to everyone out there on Twitter. Go check out our website, verbaltapcast.com. Download us on iTunes, but more importantly than downloading us, review us on iTunes. Let's get those review numbers up, Verbal Tap Army. I think uh, we talked about having an incentive for them coming up. I think we're very close to being able to reveal what the incentive is going to be for those who leave a good iTunes review. We've been uh, rocking it. So the website's going to help us do a lot more things like that, like some live interviews with fans and things and uh, questions. Yep. We're gonna, it's a community. Let's keep it yep. a community. All right. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight.